This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast, uh, brought to you by Bet Rivers. And remember, for all your wagering needs, it's Bet's Rivers in New York and New Jersey, Play Sugar House in Connecticut. And you can find the podcast always on uh, the Bet Rivers Network and wherever uh, you get your podcast fixed. Now, whenever a season ends, a season of hope, a season with so many uh, positives, of uh, so much optimism. It feels like death. It just does. And when you have one of those nights where you just get shut down cold, and I've been in Yankee Stadium and sat through games that were painful. Uh, I can think of uh, Game 7, 2004 against the Red Sox. I can think of Game 6, 2003 in the World Series against the Marlins. Um, there's a finality to it, and you just know you're just sitting there and ticking the innings off, and your team is doing nothing offensively, and the other team is gaining confidence in front of your eyes, and the numbers build, and the numbers build. And this game got ugly uh, after that because the Padres got angry when Buck decided to go after Musgrove. And, hey, whereas ears shiny or red yeah i don't know what that was about um you kept hearing that his spin rate was up you saw that everywhere okay early in the game you saw buck examining baseballs he had two of them and he was juggling them in his hands and he was looking and examining baseballs okay so this was going through his mind or this was probably the talk of the dugout or the talk of the clubhouse fine they didn't find anything so you want to play detective now for the next six months? Go ahead. The bottom line is Musgrove was brilliant. Seven innings, one hit, one walk, utterly and just totally dominant in his performance. What he did tonight is what the Met pitchers were supposed to do. Go out there and give the other team no reason to believe they had a chance. When a pitcher goes to the mound and he has that kind of stuff, he just basically tells you, guys, you might as well just pack your bags. It isn't happening. You're not getting close. You're not getting near the plate. You're not even going to get close to a run. And the Mets didn't. It was that kind of dominant performance. And on the other side, I heard... Bassett, I ran out to go to church. We stopped to pick up dinner on the way back at 5 o'clock. And I heard him on the pregame, Bassett, and he sounded terrible. 
He sounded anything but confident. I didn't like anything I heard from him. And I thought he brought that to the mound tonight. And he, he brought it to the last start in Atlanta, and I thought he brought it to the mound tonight. And the way he pitched in the second inning, he was afraid of Grisham. Now, you're afraid of their eight-hitter, who had a great series. Let's be honest. Grisham went deep in game one, deep in game two, played a great center field, which is why he's out there. That hit 184. You're running away, and I know he hit 500 in the series, and he was brilliant. He was their best player. But he hit 184. He ran, he pitched around him to get to the ninth hitter. Okay, fine. I'm not going to let Grisham get the lead early. I'm going to go to the ninth hitter and blow him away. He didn't blow him away. He hung him a a slider. He couldn't put him away. He could not put the nine hitter away. He fouled off three or four straight pitches, and then he hung him an 0-2 curveball, and he wrapped a base hit and scored two runs. And that was the start of the destruction. The timid way he went after the lineup in the second inning told you all you need. If you're a guy who's a pitcher who is supposed to be able to handle this, who won 15 games, who belongs as the number three behind uh, Scherzer and DeGrom, and you are going to pitch that defensively to the bottom of the order in the second inning, give me a break. You're going to basically pitch around the eight hitter who's a 184 hitter to set up the inning? I mean, in the second inning? So let's be honest. All season, we all fell prey to the same thing. The Mets, hey, they don't have a great lineup, but they're built for the postseason. They have the kind of pitching that will be deadly in a short series. DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, Diaz. Well, you know what? One true. The Mets came into September on a magic carpet ride. When they finished those late games of August, when they finished with the Dodgers, they looked and said, Mets have the easiest schedule. They're going to coast home. The Mets didn't coast home. They were terrible in September. They didn't hit in September. They didn't execute in September. Everything they did in April, in May, in June, in July, in August, they didn't do in September. And they left it to where they had to go to Atlanta with unfinished business. But they only had to go down there and win one game. And they couldn't do it. And you know what? That's where this thing fell apart because they never recovered. They didn't recover last night. Last night to me wasn't about the Mets bounds, you know, bouncing the Padres around. It was about the Padre bullpen just imploding. It was about a starting pitcher who had a lack of control and then, but only gave up two runs because he got out of it. And then it was about uh, a pitcher basically imploding in the seventh inning and the Mets being able to take advantage of the fact that he was utterly wild. And the communication system wasn't working because of the noise in the building or whatever. And the bottom line is he, he fell apart. And the Mets got a couple of base hits and then got, and they were able to break the game open. But they weren't playing confident baseball. They haven't been playing confident baseball. And they got rocked in Atlanta. They got the pins knocked out from underneath them in Atlanta. And they never recovered.
And now this season, 101 wins. And everything that came with it. If you Met fans, you probably had the kind of confidence you had in 88 where the Mets looked like a team that was going to win it all and then didn't get the job done. We know the game that it happened. We know what happened in that game. We know the home run, the whole thing from social. The bottom line is it doesn't matter. They didn't have the postseason they were supposed to have. Now, this is only the beginning of a new era for the Mets, where they can flex their economic prowess, where they can get the players they want. They have a lot of decisions to make. We'll see if they make them in a big way. We'll see how much this pain is turned into just the idea of going after the type of players who give you dominance. Let's be honest. San Diego went out and got players. They went out and got some big players, and those big players put together a lineup. And let's be honest, the bottom of the order killed them. Grisham killed them. He was the best player. Nola did a great job. When your eight-hitter, hits 500, and your nine-hitter hits 444 in the series. You know what? That's the way it goes. And Profar was good, and Soto woke up a little bit, and that last hit he got off Diaz pretty much yelled volumes. And even though Machado wasn't great, you know what? He did enough. And they were the better team. They came in here. They were the better team. They didn't have the same regular season. They were disappointing at times. They slumped at times, but they were ready when the series started and they came back and played well and they pitched well. And tonight, their pitcher put forth the kind of performance that the mid pitchers were supposed to put forth. But the bottom line is, if you're a Mets fan, it hurts like hell because you're left with an October You're left with your October nightmare. You're gone, and the Yankees haven't even started yet. Yes. And now the city turns its eyes to them. And the Mets put the bats and the balls and everything else and Buck away. They put all of it away. They put away all the promise. They put away all the dreams. They put away all the hopes and aspirations that you had for this October. And now the Yankees are still playing. So you're going to root for the Indians for a couple of days. So what? Or you're going to root for the Astros to beat the Yankees again. So what? Maybe they will. The Yankees have their own vulnerabilities. They have plenty of them. We'll get to that starting tomorrow. But this was supposed to be a very special October for the Mets, and the Mets didn't answer the bell. They fell apart. This is a painful collapse, and it is a collapse of the first order. When you win 101 games, when you have that type of season, when you're in first place for 175 days during the baseball season, you have expectations. You believed 
in this team. You thought that this team, and so did everybody else, that this team could be, if everything broke right, a World Series team. And now it's a team that crashed and burned in a three-game series against the Padres. The Padres. You didn't lose to the the Cardinals. You didn't lose to the Dodgers. You lost to the Padres. And now, you know what Scherzer looks like? He looks like a guy making a lot of money and he's old. You know what the Grom looks like? He looks like a fragile superstar pitcher who's got one foot out the door. And you have to make a whole lot of decisions about a whole lot of players. But you have a very wealthy owner who I'm sure when he speaks, whether it's tonight or tomorrow, is going to say, Met fans, we all know it hurts. We all hurt together right now. But you know what? The best is yet to come. That would be the message I would send if I were the billionaire owner of the Mets. That's the hope that my bank role would bring. That's the message that I would send to the team. I don't know if he'll do that. He might be a little more angry. He might be a little upset. He might be a little disenchanted with what happened. Who knows? What you're going to hear now is same old Mets, even though it's not same old Mets. And you're going to hear same old Buck. And you know what? Buck's going to hear that for as long as the postseason provides too many nights like this, too many post-game press conferences like this. I know some people want to attack Buck and really pound him for going after Musgrove. You know what? That's his job. That's, is it gamesmanship? Yes. Did he have his right to, you know, basically stick it to the med, uh, dugout after that? Yes. Did the Padres have a right to be angry about that? Absolutely. Don't worry. They got their revenge. They got to be all smiles on that field for the last couple innings after Buck made his move. Was it a move of desperation? Totally. His team couldn't buy a hit. He was trying to either A, find something, or B, unsettle the guy. He was trying to change the momentum of the game, and it got to the point where he was tired of seeing the Mets go down one, two, three. He was tired of weak at bats. I mean, the Mets got two guys. They got a... Alonzo single and a Marte walk, and that's it for the night. And the one ball they do rip, the center fielder who was just an absolute pain in the rear end the entire series, Grisham makes not a good catch. He makes a five-star catch on a ball that very easily could have left you with A runner on third, one out, and one in, and a 4-1 game in the stadium, absolutely rocking. Instead, he's doing, you know, chest bumps with Soto out there in the outfield after making a brilliant catch. 
But the Padres caught everything. They fielded brilliantly. And they did what they had to do. And they did it on the big stage in New York. I want to tell you that the Mets had a nice, you know, a terrific season, and they did. They won 101 games. The Mets, you know, don't win 100 games. They won 100 games this year. They won 101 games. But they completely collapsed. There's no other way to say it. When you have a season like that, there are ratcheted expectations. The Mets basically got hit with a haymaker in Atlanta, and they wobbled home. They got knocked on their collective rear ends, and they never recovered. They were in concussion protocol the entire week. They never recovered. But the amazing thing is, and this is what shakes you to your core, what you thought was your greatest strength wasn't there when you needed it. What you thought was the absolute, what was the one thing that couldn't be taken from you, it was taken from you. And that shakes who you are to your foundation. So the Met Foundation, as they try to build the championship team, has enormous issues now. Because, and there is a foundation. But your foundation now is built on Alonzo and built on Lindor. And yes, built on Diaz. But is it built on DeGrom? You don't know. Can you rely on Scherzer? You don't know. And have you lost, again, a little confidence in Buck, who has always found the postseason to be a tough haul, a very tough haul, because the postseason is a tough haul. It'll always break your heart. It always has the ability to break your heart. And for Metans tonight, they got their heart broken. And it's a long, cold winter. And Yankee Stadium will have the lights up full blast Tuesday night. Ouch. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.